there has been heaps going on in our lives, um, heaps of changes and heaps of exciting things coming up. Uh, there is a kind of a double purpose to uh, what we wanted to share this morning. The first is just to let you know where things are going. Uh, you probably know that we've changed the name of our organisation uh, from Partners Relief and Development to Circuit International, and I'll explain a little bit about that to you. Um, but also there was a sense that uh, Jesse met with us and he said, look, I, I want you to help people to understand your connectedness to the church and to get a sense of purpose uh, and, and where we got our sense of purpose from, but also how you guys can get the same thing. So what I hope, uh, you know, it's, it's always a bit weird when you come to churches because we come in and then we go off to the next church the next week and the next church the next week, and we end up being a little bit like Jesse was saying, kind of peop- someone who just spoke on Sunday. Uh, and I hope that uh, afterwards you can feel connected uh, with us. I'd like to encourage you, if you feel inspired or challenged, if you would like to meet with us, we live in Wellington now. We now travel, instead of traveling from Chiang Mai, Thailand to Burma to do our work, we now travel from Wellington to Burma to do our work. And uh, means that we can be a lot more connected to you than we have been before. I've often felt this disconnection, and there's this weird thing that happens with missionaries. And I don't even like that term, because we're all missionaries, aren't we? Uh, But this idea that some of us are more special than the other people is just plain wrong. We're just called in a certain direction. And, and so uh, what I would love to, to, for you to feel today is that there isn't that distance. Uh, I'd like you to feel like we're just normal people and we're here to encourage you and we're here to have a coffee with you at some point. Because, you see, mission work, and I use that term in the sense overseas work, is not about... Uh, Uh, us going to help them. It's about us being changed by our engagement in God's work. And Jesse, was it you who came up with the idea of the two C's? Okay. All right. No, that was a... Someone else was saying that to me in the last week. This idea that there are two C's in Israel, there's the Lake of Galilee, and there's the Dead Sea. And... One is dead and one is fresh and has fish in it. And the one that is fresh that has fish in it is the one that flows in and flows out. But the Dead Sea is just plain old dead. It's full of salt. And the purpose from our perspective as as body life of living uh, with this outward focus is that it gives us life. Uh, And so we'd like to invite you a little bit into that um, this morning and hopefully you can get a feeling for it. Um, And if I can just uh, go a little bit quicker, we might get through it all. Um, So could I have the first slide up, please? Lead me to the cross where you... (laughs) Hey, um, for people who hadn't practiced much this morning, didn't they do well? I thought you guys were awesome. Yeah. Okay, 
Uh, we all know this one. You've never seen, seen it before, have you? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples. When does discipleship start? Do you know Thomas is the patron saint of India? Uh, and he landed in Kerala in South India, and today it's the most Christians in all of India in that spot. He's the one who was the doubting Thomas, remember? The one who said, I don't believe until I see and put my finger in Jesus' side. And he is the one who went the furthest of all the disciples. And the moment that he landed in Kerala was when discipleship started. In fact, discipleship was going on while he was on the boat. Uh, Discipleship is going on all the time. You are all engaged in discipleship. In your flat, you're discipling each other. In your workplaces, you are discipling. In your church, you are discipling. At Christmas, you are discipling with your families when there's all those family arguments breaking out. Um, Discipleship is not something that happens at one point. Discipleship is a process. Now, I'd like to introduce you to this man here. Okay, that is Tunza. And uh, with her is Sean. Uh, you remember Claire Russell, who work, worked with uh, me in Thailand for a long time. Uh, and uh, Claire took Sean's role. Sean was the, uh, the nurse who established the program in amongst the Shan people of northeastern Burma with me. And Tunza was the first staff member that I ever had, and he is one crazy dude. He is really, I mean, he's on the edge kind of, um, just out there, super extrovert, laughs every two seconds, um, but he is great at connecting with people. And he was a very young, young, young believer when we took him on. He'd been uh, a methamphetamine addict, he'd been a heroin addict, he'd... Uh, He'd been working in the mines in Kitchen State. Uh, his, I mean, he's skinny for a reason, but it's probably genetics. Uh, but he, I mean, he had some crazy stories. But uh, anyway, he was a trained community health worker, and we asked him to come and help us. But actually what he did was he began the process of us being able to disciple a whole group of people and a nation. So the next slide, please. Uh, this is Tunza. Uh, he, he just would like to get his guitar out. And so we're training about medicine and how to fix people up. Uh, and uh, and then he comes out with a song. I, what was it? Uh, I will be your friend a little bit more, little bit, little bit, little bit more. Can you see it happening? Uh, and so t- this is what Tunza would, would do. And uh, he just created this sort of sense of life. Uh, sometimes there wasn't a whole lot of intelligence in what was going on, but he and I uh, developed this really cool relationship. And later on, he left and went back to Burma, and he and I have continued on this relationship uh, for eight years now. Uh, So next slide. So before he went back to Burma, he went down to the slave trade area of Bangkok, uh, where all our seafood is made. You've all heard about slave, slavery, seafood, that kind of thing. It's an issue that we're actually looking at focusing in on, perhaps. Uh, he went back and down there and he started a church. Uh, 
And so he started this church in Mahachai and it was all young people, all these uh, uh, folk going into work in that area. And now he's back in Burma and that church is going on. They've got their own pastor and it's uh, continued to bless that community. Uh, Next slide, please. All right. I think you'll see that for all of us, no matter what we do, like for example, there we're training in medicine. So I was a pharmacist, uh, went over there, used my pharmacy uh, qualification to kind of do some stuff, um, sometimes well, sometimes not so well. But the process of discipleship is what uh, was taking place through all that we do. So people have often said to us, well, when do you preach the gospel while you're doing this development work? All the time is when we do it. Because actually, if you are not a light for Jesus in your workplace, something's wrong. If you're only a light for Jesus in church, something's wrong. So, so you know, all of us, all you've done is you've supported us to transfer what we did here over there. Um, I'll come back to that a little bit. The world has changed, however, changed very, very much. 1987, uh, I arrived at CIT here. Were you here in 1987, Ruth? You were in Tonga. Yeah, okay. So 1987, I arrived at the CIT down here, trained as a pharmacist. 1989, I graduated. In 1987, the world population was 4.4 billion. Uh, And the way to communicate back home was with a telephone. Uh, In 1990, I graduated pharmacy, and uh, actually it was 1991. That's right, you're wrong, Stu. Uh, 1991, I went to Hamilton, and uh, all my friends were down here in Wellington. And the only way to call them was an expensive toll call. Do you remember the days of expensive toll calls? (laughs) All right. Then 1992, I went to Weck Missionary Training College, We saw the first computers. Uh, I think the computers were out a little bit earlier than that, but I remember a guy turning up at college and he had a laptop with 20 megabyte hard drive. Whoa, he came, he bought it from Hong Kong. We were going, wow. And I think the first computer I had took those um, D sized batteries and it would boot off a little floppy drive. (laughs) That was uh, the beginning of the internet. Remember that? well, Ruth and I met at Bible College, um, and I think, what, about what year were you here at uh, Upper Christian Fellowship? Was it early 90s? Yeah. So, um, and there was sort of some connection, and we realized, hey, we know some people, some, you know, uh, the same, some of the same people. And so, uh, anyway, long story, we fell in love. Um, I, felt, I, I came over to Oteki to work as a pharmacist there after having done Bible college, and the phone bill was horrendous because she was still in Australia. <laughs> and I remember getting the bills, and I go, oh, man, there's got to be so... Honestly, we couldn't wait to get married. The phone bills were too expensive, so we got married six months later. I <laughs> moved back here to Upper Hutt, um, then we uh, lived in the house that these guys now live in, uh, and uh, and then from there uh, we had uh, Carissa, 
Uh, then we started feeling very called to work with the Cambodian refugee in the community down here. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember all those Cambodian refugees? They all seem to have moved out now. I went down there a few weeks ago and tried to find, find them, but they're all gone. Um, uh, they've all moved to Auckland or Australia or somewhere else. Hang on, let me just check my time. I'm in trouble. I'm talking too much. Seven minutes. How am I going to do that? Um, but it was about that time when we started working with them. I remember we bought our first 486 computer, and that was with the modem that went, <laughs> and then you got email, and that was the start of it, right? 2000, we went to Thailand. We said, uh, we really need a proper computer, got a laptop. Shortly after that, you started getting ADSL. Uh, so I think ADSL came out about 2005, 2006. 2005 had the first smartphone. I went and bought a second-hand one from a shop. It was a big, fat HP with an aerial on top. Do you remember those ones? Yeah, I broke that one. Um, then 2007, uh, True ADSL really started, and Ruth and I started Partners New Zealand. Uh, now, the cool thing about that was that Ruth was living in Thailand, but she was a director of Partners New Zealand. And so all of that organisation grew up through the internet world. And she was connected with everybody back here and that organisation grew up to be quite a significant size. Uh, This is the world that was beginning to develop. Uh, Now there are cheaper airfares. And so today uh, I am sitting in an office in Island Bay and I am communicating almost... Well, 24-7, I have to turn my phone off. But I've got connections with people all over the world. I'm dealing with people in America. I'm dealing with people in, uh, in Burma, Cambodia, Thailand, uh, different parts of Burma, China, all over the place is how we're, we're, we're doing things. The world has totally changed since we first went over there in the year 2000. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just pulling that slide up, No, previous one. That's actually a map of all of the interconnected networks of the world now. And there are some people who are saying that your geography no longer matters. What matters is whether you're actually connected to the internet. So, uh, and it's generally those countries that are well connected to the internet that have the least conflict going on because everything's very transparent. Uh, Countries where uh, conflict is uh, deliberately intended, they try and shut the internet down because they don't want people talking, you see. Uh, but this is, this is actually a true map of the connectedness of the world. For the first time in all of history, we are totally connected. Uh, this changes the way you look at doing work. So have a look at the next slide. Uh, part of this is exp- inspired by meeting Ong down here. Ong? 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 Ong. Uh, but there have been many other people like Ong that I've met. So I realised that there are people in New Zealand who have some skills. In fact, what is more amazing is that the people with the best skills are actually still here. Uh, because most of the time, if you are really good at what you do, you end up at the top of your business ladder. 
and you end up doing the very highly skilled things, the thought of you ever leaving that and going to live in another country to do the same thing is actually an impossibility. And yet the world is such a small place that the skills that Ange and others of you have are actually useful to what we do in the country of Myanmar and Cambodia and Thailand and wherever we go. So our board has got to thinking, hey, is this such a crazy idea to think that we could actually take the resource that we have in a small country like New Zealand or Australia and we could actually begin to get people connected? Because you see, uh, Asia needs skills. And even in the middle of Shan State, there are people with cell phones. And they're connected, their, 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 their internet connection might be a little slow, but they're connected. And, and what if there was actually a way of getting people more engaged together? So remember Jesse was saying, hey, you know, these guys are going in a new direction, slightly new direction. This is part, partly it. We would like to engage the church to be actively more connected in with what we're doing. So we're currently building a website. The reason that it's been so long and coming up if you've been following things is because there's quite a lot involved in it. We want to communicate well. We also want to think about how we're going to do this. But imagine that you could get on board with us and you could tell us what are your skills, what are your passions, and we could get you connected with somebody who needs those skills and passions over there in countries of need. Discipleship. Now, obviously, you can't speak Shan, you can't speak Burmese, and you don't understand all of the cultural issues that I necessarily understand. But to be honest, I don't understand them all. Uh, However, if we can allow this connection to happen in a filtered sort of way that allows people to communicate what needs to be communicated, guess what? We increase the capacity of our organization and what we're doing a thousandfold. So this is what we're trying to do, and this is why we've renamed the organization Circuit International. The idea um, is that it's a circuit. Uh, so if you go to the next slide... Please. Okay, see the little uh, logo at the top there? Uh, that's a circuit like this. Carries our a brand manager. <laughs> it's all a bit in house nepotism. We learned that from Burma. Um, but anyway, uh, the idea is that uh, you are connected to them and they are connected to you, and what you have to offer helps them, and what they're going through helps you. So can you start to see a little bit of a feeling of the vision, what we're trying to do? So this is, uh, I'm going, in two weeks, I'm going to uh, Myanmar. Actually, this, um, this is kind of almost doubled now. Uh, this is some of the connections that I've got that we're going to be talking to people about. Uh, so Bangkok, I'll be meeting with that little church that I showed you a picture of. Um, they've got some connections with a seafood packing factory. We're going to see hey, is there any way we can impact the slave trade by doing business with these people? Uh, the second thing we might be looking at is South Thailand, where there's an incredible conflict that's been going on for years. Uh, 
Is there a way that we can connect with these people and bring some of the resources from New Zealand into that situation? And I told you I'm in trouble. But I've five more minutes, darling. <laughs> uh, I'll be going to Tongji, Shan State, and I'll be meeting with the Loyland Baptists there. And we'll be talking about starting school. Sorry they're small. I see Bruce's like this cat trying to read it. You want to borrow my glasses, mate? <laughs> um, uh, then uh, we'll be meeting with the Pa'o National Development Organisation. And these are all connections that have come through Tunza, the, the crazy guy at the beginning. Um, we'll be meeting possibly with uh, community healthcare workers in Rakhine State. Uh, we'll be meeting in Chin State. Now, you guys, some of you know Ongmang. Uh, he, I think he's come and spoken here. I'll be meeting with him this week, and we, we're coming up with some cunning plans. How can we work with the... Uh, with the uh, the seminary there in Yangon to do some of the stuff. I mean, what a fantastic resource. Uh, theological students graduating, wanting to change communities, uh, and we can work through them. Uh, and then uh, we've got a, a, a down the bottom the Yangon Waneza group. We're looking at a business which will potentially transform the lives of thousands and thousands of poor farmers uh, I think I mentioned it to you last time I was here, the idea of the, the big plastic bags. Uh, and then if we've got time, we may go to Cambodia. Um, does any of that stuff interest you? Would you like to be engaged? We would love to have you engaged. We don't want your money, we want your soul. No, we don't want your soul. <laughs> we want your interest. Uh, so I'm sorry the website's not finished just yet, but in a couple of weeks the website will be available and you'll be able to get online and you'll be able to register. You'll be able to say, I'm a vink. I've got these skills. Here's what I'd like to offer. Now I'm not saying that we will accept everybody's application because we'll ask for references, we'll check everything out, we'll make sure that people uh, actually... Uh, got something to offer they're not going to cause problems and every conversation is going to be monitored and working with a guy who started up this incredible program here called optimal do you know you guys anyone heard of optimal it's now price waterhouse cooper digital um, and a young guy from um, life point aog started that up and uh, he's he's joining our team because he's got something really cool to offer, and he's going to help us put this whole thing together, hopefully. Um, next slide, please. Okay, this is, this is how it works. This is, now, I'm not saying uh, all discipleship is, is virtual these days, but you guys know how much you communicate like this with each other all day, every day, and then you touch base, and then you go away again, but you're in contact with each other all the time. People say, oh, people are so disconnected from each other, they're looking at their phones. Actually, they're really connected in a whole different way. It's just different to what we were used to before. So here's Tunza. Tunza calls me, uh, used to call me spirit father, because he didn't know how to say spiritual father. Um, and I told him, please don't call me Spirit Father anymore. It makes me feel weird. So he starts calling me Reverend Stew. <laughs> yes, Rev Stew, take care, take rest. Want to discuss a lot, Rev Stew. Can I call you at face? Can you hear the tone of Tunza? He's just the greatest guy. You're going to love him one, if you get to meet him one day. He said, my CHW, Hain Min Han, shame contact fa- for factory at Mahachai already today. So then 
he and the, his others get me the contact with the seafood factory. Next slide. Uh, then it gives me the names and the names of the people. Then I'm, I'm teeing this up when I go over there next month. I phone, get in a taxi, I go to see them. Next slide. Uh, so then I ask him to translate a new document for me. He goes, Rev Stu, I translate direct your words. Not so perfect. <laughs> I have to go Shan Village three day for tomorrow. I leave in the morning. Then he goes, water festival for 12, 12 day. I will go to Tongji. Thanks. This is great work. And I will explain to SSLDO and PNDO and LBS, all of which I have to look up in a dictionary of some sort. Okay, next slide. That's our organisation. Uh, we've changed our name from Partners Relief and Development New Zealand to become Circuit International, and the idea is connectivity. And we'd like to have you guys involved. I think it's a very exciting thing. Our board is super excited. Uh, we've heard from a couple of people that they think this is the cutting-edge way forward. We are integrating, where possible, the idea that business can make development and mission sustainable, meaning that it can stand on its own two feet without having to constantly rely on money from us going into an empty hole. And that's the dream. Ruth, would you come up, darling? You've only got uh, two and a half minutes left. <laughs> can we give her a little bit more? <laughs> so just, just before I start, you, you have permission to smother this man in birthday kisses before he leaves no, today, no. okay? <laughs> no. Okay, well, just a quick story. So one of, the, one of the things that, you know, you're often sitting in church and you're thinking, oh, man, what's this really got to do with me? How does this, how does this connect with Upper Hutt? And how does this connect with uh, everyday working life? So I want to tell you a story, something that's been really encouraging for us just in the last few months. Um, you probably know, for those of us that have been following us over the years, that our patron when we were with Partners New Zealand was Rob Harley, who was part of the Big Bikes for Burma Tours, investigative journalist, reporter, writer. So we caught up with him um, a couple of weeks ago, and in between times, um, with all the support he's given us for partners, um, the last year for him was a truly trying year. He actually was in hospital towards the end of the year, very close to death, awaiting an organ transplant. And um, thankfully, um, one of the good things, I guess, was it was around the, the New Year party time of the year. God provided an organ for him, thanks to a family that gifted that organ to him. And then he has since um, been in recovery just um, since then. And we caught up with him just to see how he was doing and ask if he was still interested in being involved in Circuit International. And he said, you know, this is what keeps me going. Being involved in, in something bigger than me and my health issues is what helps me get up in the morning and gives me um, the motivation to keep going. And so um, one of the sayings that he had taught me a long time ago when we were writing uh, a book together around the time of the big bikes, he said um, something that has been in common with all the stories that he's told about Christians um, over the years, 
what the common thing with all those stories is they are living for something bigger than themselves. And so I've always carried that saying with me, live for something bigger than yourself, bigger than your nuclear family, you could also add to that. And so that's what I want to encourage you today. Someone like him, he still has gone through some really tough times in his life, and yet he still finds that being connected with something on the other side of the world where the needs are even greater than his is what feeds his soul during those times when he's feeling um, a bit on the empty side. So I want to encourage you, there's people here who have been following Partners New Zealand and have been um, private supporters of ours and supporters of our Partners projects. I just want to thank you for that connection. And then I want to invite people that are new to what we're doing, and particularly now we've changed our name, to consider how you might be connected with us in the future. So I'll just get our brand manager slash web designer to give um, some clipboards out. If you're not already on our email um, updates and you'd like to be, um, please um, sign your name and email address on, on these, four, on these um, pieces of paper. If you are um, signed up with partners, you're, you'll automatically continue to receive um, email updates from Circuit. And if you're interested in becoming a monthly donor of our work that we're doing um, in Myanmar and some of the, the, the real startup, real edgy stuff that um, Stu's talking about, or if you're interested in being one of those business gurus who can share some of your business wisdom, and God's already been touching a few people like Jen to be involved in that kind of area, if you're one of those people, then please um, write your name and contact details down, and we'd love to connect with you over a coffee and see how we can connect more with what God is doing on the other side of the world and how that will in turn enrich your spiritual life as well. Yeah, so just one little detail that might be helpful. We are still um, supporting partners' projects, and in particular four, which either New Zealanders started up or are New Zealanders are involved in at the moment. So those projects are the ones that you've um, heard about before, the community health worker and medic training that Claire Russell was involved in too. So that's of particular interest for medical people in the congregation. Um, the Shan Sustainable Schools project that's already been um, successful in 29 villages in Shan State. Um, the uh, community health worker, sorry, the community support network in one of the displaced people's camps in Kachin State, which is a Christian state. And then lastly, the Migrant Training Centre in Chiang Mai, where we're um, training Shan migrant workers so that it um, upskills them and keeps them out of the um, prostitution industry. So those are the four that we're still very passionate about, which we um, would love to, you to um, become more connected with. And then we've got our new work that we're looking at starting up in Myanmar as well. <laughs> 